What's going on, NBA fans? Listen, this is the first episode of NBA Central. For those that already know me, I have been the host of Chicago Bulls Central and Chicago Bears Central for the better part of a year. I also work work over on the Locked On Network doing Locked On Bulls, but this is a new venture. This is a general channel for me to cover general NBA news. It's not going to be daily like my other shows, but it will be very consistent aiming for about two to three episodes a week for me, and then we'll bring on a host of other people that are going to cover other NBA topics. But thank you for joining me in this journey. If you've coming over from Chicago Bulls Central, you know the level of production and work and research I put into doing these channels. You're going to get that here. We're going to have some in-depth NBA analysis over the course of it, some game reaction, things like that. On today's episode, though, the initial episode, we're going to talk about the contract extensions to Andre Wiggins and Jordan Poole and what that means for the Golden State Warriors luxury tax situation going forward starting next season and what that means for the extension of Draymond Green. We're also going to talk about Russell Westbrook and Reggie Jackson um, and what's going on with them. Russ moving to the bench. Reggie Jackson actually expected to get the start over John Wall to start the season. And then lastly, we're going to go over our tiers for the victor when Bianca Tankathon. We're going to get into all that and more. Right after this. All right. It's always weird starting a new show, uh, even though I've been doing like Bull Central and basketball stuff for well over a year at this point. Um, but this is a little bit different, right? A little bit different. But we're going to start off this first episode, kicking it off, talking about the Golden State Warrior and their new extensions that they gave to uh, to Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Uh, the extensions are, are, are over $100 million each. This puts the Golden State Warriors luxury tax bill um, starting in 2023-24 at $4.8, uh, I'm sorry, $483 million, I should say, if I'm not getting nervous and ahead of myself. Uh, but uh, so $483 million, uh, it could go upwards of over $500 million depending on what's going on there. So as far as the how the deals work out, Andrew Wiggins signs a four-year, $109 million deal, whereas Jordan Poole is expected to sign a, a four-year, $123 million year. Now, with the Golden State Warriors, what we know that they are doing and are in a unique position, uh, position to be in is that they still are a contending team, but they are a contending team that has young players that are considerable parts of uh that plays parts in the success of this team and as their aging superstars get older may leave uh may be close to retirement um they're having these younger stars come in and hopefully be ready to develop and you know still be key pieces to build around and maybe reamp that team a little bit uh uh, faster. Andrew Wiggins is a big part of that. Only 27 years old. Um, he's been in the league for a while now, but uh, considering his his youth, he still can be part of this team for the foreseeable foreseeable future. Um, they also have Kevon Looney, 26 years old. Um, Wiseman, who they hope is going to be able to start and be stay healthy this whole season. He's only 21 years old. Um, so they have a nice young core there. Adding in, um, of course, Jordan Poole, who they just uh, re-signed and re-upped there, only 23 years old, um, very big part of the team's success last year in their championship run. Um, and the Golden State Warriors are in such a unique position. Now, could it, would Steph play once they start retiring, once they go off into greener pastures, things like that? Um, are they really going to be ready to keep this team? And what level is the team going to be at at then? Like, we don't expect them to replace what what um, Clay and Steph and, and Draymond have meant to this team. But when you look at, what they're going to be paying in the foreseeable future, and at least the short-term future, right? And then already having these big extensions lined up that even if Clay and Steph decide to retire in the next two to three to four years, um, at that point, they're then on the last years of their deal. So with the Golden State Warriors, they may be taking a calculated risk. And it's already been reported that Andrew Wiggins still does include a player option year. Jordan Poole's, we don't know for sure yet. 
but they, they are going to have a high luxury tax bill for the foreseeable future, right? But if they do, they have put themselves in a good position that if stay, um, well, when Steph, when Clay uh, leave, whatever happens with Draymond, if the younger players don't keep the team at a certain level, they can still get out those contracts shortly thereafter. So we'll see how long Steph and Clay stay, but I like the risk that Golden State Warriors are taking here. Like they are a team and an organization that is not afraid at all to pay the luxury tax. They've proven that. Um, and so they're going to be willing to pay it again, as long as this team is in contention and close to contention, because they can always add to the team with, uh, with mid-level exceptions every single year on top of extending their own people. Um, but they still are in a position where, yes, the bill is high now. Yes, they have a lot of high salaries right now when you have uh, Clay making $40 million. Wiggins already making uh, $30 million. Steph, we, we know he's making $48 million. Like Draymond Green, $25 million a season. We'll see what his extension ends up being. Kevon Looney, $8 million. So they have a nice salary, but it's all salary that, at least if you look at it, right? Steph's 34 years old. Let's say he plays for another two or three years. Um and Clay Thompson is 32 years old. Let's say he plays for another three to five years, if not more. Um, they are in a position where they can get that salary low enough in that future to where, hey, let's say Jordan Poole and Wiggins, either they want to leave after Steph and Clay leave, they don't work out, they're not as good as what they thought, they don't think they can build another contender as fast. They can get out of those contracts, move on, and then really go into maybe a true rebuild. So we'll see what happens with that. It's also going to be interesting to see how the Golden State Warriors now protect their picks going forward, right? If they do decide to trade away some picks, what what do they do? How well they draft over the next couple of years? Um, because if they can get quality picks, right, um, with that high salary and still competing, this team could go on for God knows another how, uh, a number of years. So we'll see what goes on with that. But all of this is now brought up. What does this future mean for Draymond Green with the extensions that they've already given, with the the, the punch heard around the world or seen around the world with Draymond? On Jordan Poole, we already know Draymond doesn't necessarily handle uh, 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 contract situations the best when you look at like Kevin Durant, things like that. Draymond is a player that, yes, this Golden State Warriors teams need. Outside of his output dipping the last few years, he plays a big part in their success. Now, I would go on to say that he didn't have the best finals, right? Um, but with that being said, he still is a key of what this team does and is going to do in the regular season. That's probably why you didn't see a suspension with that. Uh, Draymond only playing in 44 games last season, uh, the season before that, 63. So, you know, and again, shortened seasons in the 63 season year. But with that being said, like, are, does this is the writing on the wall for Draymond in his future with the Golden State Warriors? That's one of the biggest questions here now. And the way that I look at it is, depending on what Draymond is not going to get. I don't think, right? I could be completely off kilter with this. 32 years old, production dip, and his efficiency is still pretty good at having a PER of 14.30. But A, he doesn't have a high usage. As you start looking to use the other players around, what is that? What is the contract talks going to, to look like? I would say this. If Draymond is realizing just the reality of the situation, yes, he's still a key part of this team, but as the future continues to go, they are going to be prioritizing younger players. If Draymond isn't trying to get a huge contract, I very well, and I still have the Golden State Warriors as the most likely situation for Draymond Green in free agency. That's just how I see it. Um, when you look at just how they kept that team together, what he's mean to that franchise, yes, there's been some ups and downs. There's been some character issues, things with that, but they love Draymond. And, you know, even hearing the players, he's already apologized. But, you know, once things go ring night, once they start getting in the trenches, that, that, those relationships should and could be mended. But I still think it's more than likely not Draymond goes back to Golden State, just in the value he has there, trying to go to another team. But I will say this, depending on the contract that Golden State Warriors are willing to offer him, 
even a full mid-level, the, the $10 million mid-level exception could look very good to Draymond depending on the team that's offering him that. Like I, I look at like a, a Miami and what they lost this offseason. If next offseason uh, they look at it and say, hey, Draymond could come in and do a lot of things with us. He pairs well with what we have down here. He's toughness. We don't need a lot of the scoring output from him. Could there be something like that? Um, and I don't necessarily see Draymond going to a younger team that's on the precipice of contending and doing like the DeMar DeRozan thing where he's he goes to, to be the vet of a team that's not quite getting uh, in contendership but is fighting for a playoff spot. I think regardless, Draymond's going to try to go to a contender. And if he wants to go to a contender, it's really looking like mid-level exception type money for Draymond Green, in my opinion, right? I could be way off with that, but that's how I'm kind of looking at this Draymond situation going. And with that, I still think he ends up staying with the Golden State Warriors. They can offer him more money than anybody. Even if they do give him mid-level exception type money, he gets more of an increase and a raise um, starting there. So that's what I think. You guys can let me know down below. What do you think? Do you think I'm off on that? Do you think I'm right on? But let's move into the next uh, topic for today, and that is um, the, the situation is kind of have going with some of the starting lineups. Russell Westbrook has been moved to the bench, a move that we all, if you've been watching, we've expected. We hope that it was going to happen. I think it's better for the team. I even think it's better for Russ if he looks at it, if Russell Westbrook embraces this off the bench role for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, it's going to be a better situation for him. I feel, do they still look to move him at the trade deadline? Absolutely. I don't think any of that changes that. I think the writing's kind of on the wall for that, that they're going to shop him. Now, will they get a deal is the, is the biggest question there. Um, but staggering him with LeBron, uh, allowing him to do more of the ball handling in that situation, it's much like I think with I say the same thing about Donovan Mitchell, not necessarily coming off the bench with the Cavs, but I look at the Cavs, right? If Donovan Mitchell embraces the, a role with the Cleveland Cavaliers of just being, hey, I'm going to pick my spots. I may not get an, uh, as many shots and my usage rates may not be as high, but if I pick my spots and allow myself to play off these younger players and fit in a little bit more, I think the sky's the limit. He hasn't had the most efficient offseason or preseason, but he's put up the numbers. Again, I'm getting sidetracked with the, Don with the Donovan Mitchell thing, but that's my thoughts if you're worried about Donovan Mitchell. But I think if Russ embraces this role, it play it pays off better for him. It pays off better for the team. And yeah, he may still get moved. That mo being moved may be the best situation for him. But I think just showing that, because this may be the future for Russell Westbrook anyway, is a role coming off the bench, being more of a ball handler, scorer, facilitator, just being the focus of that second unit. I still don't have the biggest high hopes for the Los Angeles Lakers overall. You guys will find out over the course of this if you're not coming over for some, from Chicago Bears, Bull Central. I'm not the biggest uh, Lakers fan. I, I respect what LeBron has meant to the game, but I just look at this team as a team that I don't really see high hopes for. But with that being said, him embracing that role could be could pay off big for him. And I think that's the right role. And, you know, Devin Hammond said that he understood. Um, I think that word that word choice is, is specific that he totally understood, not necessarily saying he embraces. So we'll see how well he takes to that bench role. We know how Russ sees himself. But at the end of the day, I think the same thing, a similar thing that happened to Carmelo is that he had to go away and realize, hey, let me just be this guy who comes in and does my job. So let's see if that what happens with Russ there. You guys can let me know down below on that one. But another one that I was not expecting at all, Reggie Jackson is expected to start over John Wall. Now, John Wall, who we know was out of basketball for over a year because of non-basketball reasons. Um, but him coming in, I kind of expected John Wall to get the bench. But much like, much like with the Russ situation, I do think that John Wall, when you look at that starting lineup, if everybody's healthy for the Los Angeles Clippers, that him embracing that role off the bench, being the, the main guy off the bench could bow well for him. I still do think he's probably going to end up being the starter before it's all said and done. But he's expected to be, uh, Reggie Jackson is expected to be the starter right now. So let me know, what do you think about Russ? What do you think about John Wall? Both these players coming off the bench. Who do you think has more success coming off the bench for their respective teams as well?
All right, let's get ready to finish up the show with the last segment of the day. And this is Victor Wimbiana, the Tankathon. So there are teams that have kind of set themselves up um, to be in, in a good position to, to get that first pick. For Victor Wimbiana, there are teams that I think would consider going into the tank category if their season doesn't get off to a good start. And so we're going to talk about those two different tiers in which each team has done to get themselves there. For this first one is the uh, the San Antonio Spurs. When you look at them trading DeJounte Murray for what they got him back for, they're a team that still has some really good talent on their roster. Let's be clear here. It's not like the San Antonio Spurs completely made themselves destitute as far as young, young talent. And I even like what they did in the draft as well. So I think this is going to be a team that has some nice talent. They got Malachi Brandon, who I was very high on in the draft and in, in my draft coverages, uh, draft coverage down there. Um, they have they have uh, a lot of a lot of good players. Uh, Devin Vassell, who I'm I'm very high on Devin Vassell as well. They brought in Doug McDermott, things like that. So this is a team. Jeremy Sohan, who I was high on in the draft. Blake Wesley, they have too. They have a lot of young talent, but it's unproven talent. So when you look at Pop and what is. Expected to be Greg Popovich's last year in San Antonio. I think he's going to, he has a chance to teach these players how to win in their first season. But I don't think this is going to be a team that high at the high, that has high expectations or should. So I do think in the way that they went about their deals, they maintained a lot of silent talent. They brought in some young prospects that could blossom into something that they've put themselves in a natural position where they don't necessarily have to tank. But they could be in a situation, in a good situation, to get one of those top picks to hopefully draft Victor Wimbiana. I think the Utah Jazz as well. When you look at them moving both Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, much like I said with the San Antonio Spurs, they still have some talent there. They still have some talent. That they're probably going to ship out as well. When you look at uh, Jordan Clarkson, when you look at uh, Mike Conley, they may be ready to ship those guys out for even more uh, bites at the apple. I'm looking at uh, what the Jazz did as a team that has put themselves in position to still have some talent. I know, for example, David Locke, who does Locked On uh, Jazz, still thinks that this team may be in in, uh, contention for a play-in spot. And they very well may may be, but I think that this team has put themselves in a natural position, right? That they've sent off some talent. They're in the situation where they have tons of draft picks. They could enter those Victor Wimbiana sweepstakes as well. The last one is the Houston Rockets. I do think the Houston Rockets, again, have a lot of talent on that team, which is something that you can hear from me a lot in this list. A lot of talent with that in this tier. But again, it's young talent, unproven talent. And it could be still talent that they look to move that could even up those sweepstakes as well. So those are teams that I don't necessarily consider tanking. I consider them that they have made moves to send their franchise in a natural direction. And, you know, we'll see. Are they incentivized to win any? No, but when you look at like the Jazz and the Rockets, they very well could do something and you know again they're in the west so we'll see what happens with that now the 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 next uh team that i'm going to mention here isn't necessarily a team that i think has put themselves in that situation specifically i'm talking about the thunder when you look at the injury to chet it's kind of naturally again put them in a spot to where you know they're going to still try to win they're going to still play some tough games they're going to still do things like that but it could put them in the situation to to, because of that injury they're not going to be incentivized to try to win any games they're not going to be winning for anything they have sga down there what do they do with him do they now if they decide to move sga that's when i say no they're going into the victor win beyond the sweepstakes for sure but there's a team just by the natural i think of what happened with their team the moves that they've made i see them going into that type of role now let's get into those last tier teams these are teams that i think are going to come into the season seeing what they have on their roster but i think if things 20 games, 25 games into the season aren't to their liking. They are going to tank and tank hard. The first one is the Orlando Magic. The Magic have put themselves in a situation. They have a very solid roster and a lot of big men down there as well when you look at how their roster is constructed. But again, 
Is Wendell Carter going to keep them from, from going after Victor Wimbiana? No, I think much like when Wendell was moved from my team, the Chicago Bulls, he could be moved. Mo Bamba, who re-signed with them, another, another player that could, that could be moved. But when you look at uh, Paolo Benchero, who is definitely part of their rotation, a 6'10", 19-year-old power forward, if they're able, if they come into the season and this team isn't competing, if, like I said, 25, 30 games into the season, they just have a record. They've gotten like six wins. I think at that point, they go full tank. I think they go full tank. Ball, who looked good in certain preseason games, nothing major there. I think when you look at their core and players that they're going to definitely hold on going to forward, it's definitely Franz Wager, who is a great piece that they got in that Chicago Bulls trade to possibly uh, continue to add. Well, not possibly. He's going to be a big part of that team going forward. And then you look at what they have in Paolo Banchero, who at least scoring-wise is going to be a very good scorer in this league. Pairing that up, that core alone, up with Victor Wimbiana can shoot them into the stratosphere, much less if some of their young guards really continue to develop in like a Cole Anthony, um, RJ Hampton, things like that as they continue to develop. But if they do decide to go into the full Victor Wimbiana sweepstakes, like I said, about midway through the season, to, going towards the trade deadline, they can look to move Markel Fultz. They can look to, to, to move um, Mo Wagner. They can, uh, uh, Mo Bamba, Mo Wagner. Nobody's trading for Mo Wagner. Is he even still in the league? Mo Bamba, they can look to trade um, those players, even like I said, a Window Carter Jr., who, while having one of the best seasons of his career with Orlando Magic and his plus his his advanced analytics look really good. And I can't wait to see him and Paolo out there together. But they could look to move one of the young big men to even get more. They already have the Chicago Bulls draft pick coming up this season, which hopefully, because me, it's my team, isn't the best pick in the world, but they could look to move some of these young players at the trade deadline to go full into the tank. If they need to, if they consider themselves, you know, be, not quite being where they are. Another one is the Charlotte Hornets. When you look at how they, you know, understandably so, lost Miles Bridges, um, and they drafted Mark Williams. They have um, Lamelo down there, but this could be a team that, if the season they've already projected to kind of be lower end in that Eastern Conference, if by the trade deadline, and I'm not necessarily saying all these teams are going to make big trades to send themselves into tanking. But they are going to be incentivized. Hey, if we look like we're outside of the play-in, let's go ahead and just tank. We have a, then a chance to add a possible generational talent in Victor Wimbiana, and then that would send that that franchise into the stratosphere. When you look at being able to pair Lamelo Ball with Victor Wimbiana, I know a lot of Charlotte fans are upset that, or I think it's more Ball, uh, ball family stands that they didn't keep Jello Ball. But at the end of the day, and then you know some some of those fans have. Questions on is LaMelo going to say he's going to be a Charlotte Hornet for the foreseeable future. They have his bird rights. They can match any deal. He's going to be there. And to be able to pair that with Victor Wimbiana with the other talent that they have here, they could at the trade down line look to, to move a P.J. Washington or somebody like that to try to bring in or, or uh, up their, their chances to up that draft pick. So we'll see what happens with the Charlotte Hornets. Next one is the Indiana Pacers. Much like the Hornets and the, and, uh, the Magic that I mentioned before them, they are a team that... I think it's going to come into the season trying to see where they measure up in the Eastern Conference, but specifically in the Central Division, it's full of all hitters in the Central Division. So they may be the odd team out in that Central Division to sit there to, to look and say, hey, when you look at you're in a conference with the Bucks, with the Chicago Bulls and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Detroit Pistons, another young team that could very well still try to garner a, a higher pick for Victor Wimbiana, but I'm not putting them on this list. But the Indiana Pacers may very well look at that and then say, do we move a Miles Turner, right? Do we move a Miles Turner? Do we do we do we go ahead and move the players that we have? Yes, we have Tyrese Halliburton here, who I think is poised to have a big season in the NBA. But they may look to move Miles. They may look to move Buddy Hield. 
to go ahead and say, hey, we're going full tank. If we compare Halliburton with Victor Wimbiana for a long term, then we're in a much better position, even not even having to give up Miles Turner um, and and Buddy Hill. So let me know what you guys think on that one down below. The last team that I'm putting on this and before we end the show is the Sacramento Kings and the Kings are going to king in a season like that. I, I like first of all, it's hard for me to even pick the the Sacramento Kings to tank because that would have to mean that they are doing something purposeful, that they are trying to do that. And then they are successful at it. The Sacramento Kings are a franchise that could tank and somehow do it wrong and end up with like a out of the lottery pick end up making the play in or something like that. That's just how the, the Kings work. They could sit everybody and all of a sudden people start winning. I, it's always hard to bet on the Kings to do anything competently, but this is a team that does have a lot, uh, a lot of young talent. They just brought in uh Demonis, uh Sabonis last season. We know what De'Aaron Fox can mean for this team and how he can work out. I, I, I like Kevin Herter, the, the acquisition of Kevin Herter and what he could mean next to De'Aaron Fox. I like this roster overall, Davion Mitchell, but this is very much a team that could not succeed, could king, the kings are going to king, and then end up saying about midway through the season, say, hey, listen, we're not making the play in, bro. Let's go ahead and get this draft pick as much as we can. Now, one of the things that deters from this is we know the odds are all even. The, t- the bottom three teams in the league are all going to have the same chances to draft Victor Wimbiana. So, Tanking it isn't as much of a thing as what it used to be, but at least these are the teams that I think have a chance to do that. And other teams could benefit if they do decide to move assets in that deal. Let me know what you guys think about all that down below. We don't have any social media or anything yet for this show for me to plug. We do have an email. It's nbacentralshow at gmail.com if you want to send in any thoughts. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining me in this new venture and being a part of this. I appreciate you guys. I love you more than you know, man. And that's it. This is Hayes signing off. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Breaks Media.